we're just going to be pre uh, preaching this month into some of the topics around Feb Fast, and I'm kicking it off with, with prayer. I love this quote by Brian Houston. He says, when ordinary people pray, extraordinary things happen. Uh, you know, uh, we need to make sure um, that, that prayer doesn't become a religious task for us. Because prayer basically is having a conversation with God uh, and a two-way conversation where we tell God about what's going on in our world and we listen to God about what he wants to say about what's going on in our world. And, and you know, it hasn't got to be like um, scripted. It hasn't got to be monotone. It's a, just a, a conversation. It, it, it's, it's a dialogue with God. Amen. Uh, I like in James, he just highlights some of the things that, that kind of prayer should be around. In James 5.16, he says, Therefore confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. Pray, the prayers of the righteous person is powerful and effective. Elijah was a human being and even as we are. He prayed earnestly that it would not rain and it did not rain on the land for three and a half years. Again he prayed and the heavens gave rain and the earth produced its crops. You know, he's referring back there to a story in the Old Testament about Elijah. Elijah was this prophet that got um, the, the, the Jewish split into their tribes. And Elijah was on the side with a group of tribes where they were under um, a ruler and in a situation where there was idol worship going on and all this kind of stuff. And there's this simple man of God that God raises up to pray. And he has this little bit of an argument with with the, with the king and that, and, and he, he says, let's not make it rain for three and a half years, or whatever it is, and it doesn't rain, and that kind of stuff. But my point is, he's referring to this guy called Elijah, right? And because we've done him in our Sunday school uh, stories when we were growing up, we think Elijah is some kind of superhero. That's where we put him. You know, we, we, we put people in the Bible that do miracles and do these amazing things as superheroes. But let me tell you, they're exactly the same as us. Just that we have a Bible where it's, got, uh, it's written down the amazing things they did. Elijah was in a, in a land where they didn't even worship his God, where they were trying to persecute him. And the miracle came out of a very difficult situation. It didn't become out of the fact that Elijah was a, an amazing person. It came out of the person that Elijah was a man that knew how to pray and seek God's heart. That makes sense? So when you read your Bible and you see miracles and stuff, we, we kind of have this default in our head where we turn around and we write the miracle off because we said, oh yeah, because they're in the Bible. So therefore, if they're in the Bible, they this is normal men and women of God doing supernatural things. And so if they can do it, if, if a guy can pray and then it not rain for how many, three or four years, that's available to us. It's quite funny if you, I, I thought it was quite funny really, if all the fires in Australia... So there's all these fires, it's devastating Australia, and the churches got together and prayed. Within 48 hours, they had floods. Now, you know, call that whatever you want to call that, but I call that a community of faith getting together of ordinary people and putting their faith together and praying, and a flood comes. You know, and they actually, it was quite funny, if you looked on BBC News, and like they had like golf-sized hailstone coming. You know, it didn't just slight drizzle. It absolutely peed down. And put out fires. You know, that's ordinary people coming together and believing that they're praying a God that's in a real and a God that can perform miracles. We can all pray the prayers of Elijah and expect things to radically change in our in our lives. 
Matthew 16, 19 says, I, I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. You know, if we pray and we pray in line with God's heart and God's will, something supernatural happens. Something supernatural. Our expectation for God to move when we're in line with what God wants needs to be supernatural. You know, prayer in line with God opens heaven. We often underestimate how powerful prayer can be. You know, um, the journey of having this building for me is just like... Um, phenomenal it's almost like comes to a point where i have to watch what i want to pray for because i've known that uh, i have to like when i pray and when i seek god's heart it happens uh, money comes through circumstances change things turn around things go forward because uh, my my prayers are more about aligning my heart with god and then confirming what god's will is for this environment that makes sense i opened a letter this morning um, uh, um, and uh, when when letters come through the post for church, I I, I kind of get this anxiety thing because we've had some letters come through and stuff, and they were in. And this letter came through this morning, and I looked at it, and it was from Scottish Power, and I was like, oh, what's this now? We, you know, is this going to be a bill for five hundred pound for something or other? And and God said, you know, kind of challenged me. I was walking down the stairs. Do you not think I've got your back even when it comes to your power bills? And I was like. Yeah, and I was like, well, I'm not going to open it because, you know, it'd be on my mind when I preach and those kind of things. And, and God says, open it. So I was like, oh, so I opened it and we've got a rebate for £300. Um, I can't, we went with Scotch, we were with Scottish Power about eight years, uh, six years ago when we first had the building. But I, I'm just learning that, like, when I face fear and when I face those moments in my life, I have a choice to worry in the flesh or start praying in faith. And, and I don't know whether that letter changed because I prayed, but I, I just know it was an outcome that I wasn't expected. We um, just got our van fixed. Um, Jack, if you want a good garage, see Jack. Runs a great garage. Um, Jack squeezed me in for an MAT. And um, we knew there was a few things wrong with it. And uh, we were thinking, you know, well, we knew we'd have to pay some money to get some little bits done and stuff. And Jack was really kind and squeezed us in and sorted us out. And... Um, you know, I was just, you know, I was just praying about our personal our finances and saying, you know, God, you've got us covered, you've got it sorted out, all that kind of stuff. And um, Laura, if Laura's not, Laura's an accountant, by the way. She did my tax return for me and she, she rang us up literally just before Rat Jack rang us up and said, you're due a tax rebate of £192. And we're like, oh, wow, wow, that's great. And I was thinking in the back of my head, MOT. I think Helen was thinking shopping. Um, <laughs> she actually said, that's my tax return. And I was like, well, uh, you know, we're married, joint finances. Yeah, but it's my tax return. Um, and uh, then Jack rings up and tells us the bill for, for the van, which was really a great price. But, you know, our prayers were already answered. Do you know what I mean? And because we committed that situation to prayer, what Jack, the bill for the, for the MOT was less, just a bit less than what the tax term, term was. You know, I, I've chose to change, replace worry for prayer. You know, because what I used to worry about, I've changed, I start to pray about. You know, like the other week when we had the thing with the planet, I'm changing worry for prayer. Uh, sometimes the circumstances don't change, but there is peace in those circumstances when I change my worry for prayer. Prayer is praise. Uh, I think it's really important when you start your prayer life, you start by praising. Psalm 100, 
uh, verse 4 says, Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. You know, I, I think it's, it's great that we can have prayer life where we bring our worries and we bring our concerns to God. But I think uh, the, the psalmist David tells us is that we enter his gates with thanksgiving. Uh, I, I've been in, in, well, actually, I've been in even seasons in this church where um, we, we've spent too much time talking about our problems and not enough time praying and praising him for who he is. You know, we need to have a conversation to say, okay, this might be happening on my wall, but I'm going to start with this point of you are King of Kings. You are Lord of Lord. You are the God that's worth 100% of who I am. So I'm going to start there. We enter his presence with praise. And then when we're in his presence, then we can talk about our stuff. Uh, you know, people get a little bit frustrated with me at times when I tell the worship team it's two praise songs, two slow songs. And, and that, you know, what that, the reason we do that is the same as in prayer because we enter his presence with praise. We tell the devil before we even put in our request before him, this is what we think of God. This is what I think of him. It doesn't really matter, a bit like Job, what's going on in my world. He's still my Lord and Savior. So whatever you do to me, it doesn't really matter because he is who he is. And I worship him and I praise him. And I, and, and I break through in that moment. Then I'm going to bring my request to him. That makes sense? I keep saying that too many times. Might be my new catchphrase. Prayer, prayer needs to acknowledge God's goodness. And it needs to break through us in line with who he is. If I praise God and pray and tell him in my prayers, tell God how good he is, a lot of the things I'm worried about just disappear. They suddenly don't seem significant. Prayer sometimes needs to be quiet. Psalm 46, verse 10 says, He said, Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted amongst the nations. I will be exalted amongst the earth. You know, I think sometimes when it, comes to prayer we just need to shut up prayer can just be a moment stood still quiet there was a moment in worship where we had a quiet moment we need to get used to the quiet moments because uh, sometimes we just want to talk especially if you're me if you're a man in the world obviously we get frustrated by the quiet moments but sometimes in the quiet moments is when God really speaks Sometimes your prayer life might actually just need to be quiet, sat with some music on. Bob up and down on your surfboard waiting for the next wave, just sat there. I'm here, God. Say whatever you want to say. And also to have peace when he doesn't say anything. You know, sometimes uh, we run around saying, oh, I want a word for God, I want a word for God. And God's like, just shut up. Just be quiet. And just know I am who I am. And when it's the right time, I'll tell you. If not, just wait. Uh, I, I've noticed that the people in my world that I would call uh, mature Christians, uh, people that are happy with the quietness of his presence, of just being able to sit still and just wait. Maybe you're striving here this morning for an answer to a situation in prayer. And God says, when you're quiet, then I'll talk. When you're quiet and still yourself. When you, when you find a moment just to walk and reflect. You know, February fast is a great time, you know, 
we were we were talking, uh, and this is maybe slightly theologically wrong, but anyway, I'm going to throw it out there. You know, we can all give up something, but maybe we should take up something as well. So we all give up food, we'll get, but maybe we should take up something. And we were, me and Helen were talking about maybe just taking up walking, uh, walking every morning and saying, for the whole of February, I'm going to make a routine where, yes, I'm going to fast stuff and I'm going to give up stuff, but I'm going to take up something, a walk every day, quietly, just to be with God or whatever it is. Take, turn off social media. I don't like Facebook, but I do love Instagram because I like photos. But maybe it is just getting rid of my phone. I've actually lost my phone, which is quite refreshing. And um, it's flat as well, so don't bother texting me because it won't get help. But, but maybe February needs to be about giving up something and taking up something. Taking up a godly routine and leaving a hum, humanistic routine. That makes sense? That's, that's English, isn't it? Yeah. Confidence. Be confident in what we pray for. This is the confidence, uh, John 1 John 5, 14. This is the confidence we have in approaching God, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that uh, he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we have asked for. When you spend time to be quiet and spend time to find God's heart, and you spend some time to you spend time praising him and put him in the right place in your life, then you can pray with confidence. Don't pray with confidence when you haven't been quiet, when you haven't praised him, and when you haven't put him in the right place. Now there is moments where God just graces you, right? Like uh, uh, we have a friend Neil Harvey. He was in prison, didn't really know who God was. Cried out to God. God heard his prayers, and God changed his life. There's there's moments of grace. But most of us in this, this, this room have been on a journey with God for more than just a week. So we should be building routines in our life where we have confidence in him. But our confidence becomes because we spent time with him. Uh, I, I've seen a lot of uh, mature Christians make crazy mistakes because they're overconfident in God. Like, they're like almost, I'm going to go, God, you're going to come with me. When I'm a bit like, well, you can't really force the hand of God. If you were quiet, spent time with him, praise him, put him in the right place in your life, then you would have confidence to pray. I have confidence to pray things about this church and about this building because I spent a lot of time seeking his heart for this building. I have confidence that this is a place where miracles are going to happen, where lives are going to be transformed, where, where people are going to be uh, set free because I've spent time to find his heart for our community. And then I'm finding time that I have confidence when it comes to building the worship team and stuff like that with Mike. I have confidence because I've spent time listening to God's heart about what people he wants in what place. It's not just me operating out of my flesh and out of my earthly wisdom. It's me to a prayer offering out of a godly wisdom. You know, we need to be confident in the things that we know are true of God. Now, God wants to heal the sick. God wants to set the captives free. God wants us to drive out demons. Those are things that are written in the Bible that are truths. So, if I don't have confidence in the truth of who God is, so when I pray for certain things, I, I have 100% confidence. I, when I pray and pray for people to be healed, sometimes in, in my mind I have, don't have, but in my spirit I have the confidence that God is going to perform a miracle because God is a miracle working God. You know, 
So we need to pray out of the confidence of what we read about God in the Bible. You know, like we can have experiential experiences of God that I get through revelation and through doing my Christian walk, but some things I haven't experienced, so therefore I need to read my Bible, so my Bible gives me confidence. I now know that if God says he doesn't, want to, he doesn't want it to rain for four years, I can read my Bible while he's done it before, so I can have confidence if God calls me to pray that England has a drought for the next four years and we have a heat wave. Amen. Uh, but I can have confidence because it's in the Bible, and if that's what God is telling me to pray, I can pray. Is that me? You can pray out of the confidence of what you read about God and what you know about God. Learn to cry out. Psalm 34. The righteous cry out and the Lord hears them. He delivers them from their troubles. The Lord is grace to the brokenhearted and save those who are crushed in spirit. The righteous persons may have many troubles, but the Lord delivers him from them all. Desperate people cry out. I think sometimes we give up on our prayer life because we don't just get desperate enough. I don't really understand why, but I do understand that there's something about God that I don't, I would never know if I didn't go through the valley of the shadow of death. So there's points in my life where God has taken to me to absolute desperation so that I can know something more of who he is. I don't understand why that happens, but I look on those with different eyes than what I did before. I look at them and realize, okay, I just need to cry out God more than what I do now. God wants to go deeper in me, so I'm not going to give up. I'm just going to start crying out to him even more. I'm going to start praying more. I'm going to start fasting more. I'm going to start digging into him more because God's taking me to another season. Be honest. You know, we've all been to those prayer meetings where everybody comes in, especially if it's a group of mature, and we all do the best elegant prayers we can. You know, we kind of float in. You know, we shab dabba for five. Do you know what I mean? And like, and and it, and it, it doesn't happen in our church. Um, <laughs> but it becomes like a prayer off. Do you know what I mean? Like, like, can I praise better than you? Praise, pray better than you. Like, you know, can I make it sound? Well, you know, so much more deeper and spiritual than you. Well, let me tell you. God's not really interested. What he's interested in is honesty. Uh, I, I, bear with me. Like, don't get offended. Too early. Late, sorry. Me and Nathan have a friend called Neil Harvey, and um, those of you know Marco, who's been coming from Portugal, that's his cousin. So um, I th- I'm not sure if it was Marco or one of Marco's friends. They just got saved from drug addiction and gang life and uh, they were a, a church revival meeting and this guy came forward he was obviously demon demon possessed and um, and uh, everybody was doing these kind of he was down the front you know all the elders come out in their suits you know because a suit makes you way more spiritual um, you know and the long flowing dress and they, they lay hands on this demon possessed guy and he's kicking off and doing all the kind of crazy stuff at the front and and they, they, you can see, like the elders and all that, and the, the team, the prayer team, are like, oh, "We don't really know what to do." And this guy's going really going for it. And then one of Neil and Marco's friends, who's only been saved like two weeks, comes down the front, was just getting quite annoyed by it. this. Was destroying the whole service. This guy manifesting walks up to the guy and says, "In the effing name of Jesus, get out, demon!" 
and the guy gets healed. Not language, I'm advocating for church. Um, but if that, that was an honest prayer. That was the language that this guy that had only been saved two weeks had had. And all he knew is that he believed in a God that could cast out demons. And that this man needed to stop destroying this service. And he came and prayed honestly in the faith that he had. And a man gets delivered. You can imagine there was a bit of an uproar before these people in suits. And that kind of, so I'm not advocating we do that, you know, and there's probably some feedback and, you know, a pastoral coffee on a Monday morning about, you know, how effective he was and that maybe you shouldn't swear and use God's name and all that kind of stuff. But, but sometimes, you know, honest prayers. Sometimes not religious prayer, honest prayers. Some of my most powerful prayers have been when I've actually told God, I don't like you right now. I don't understand my situation. I don't understand what you're doing. I'm a Christian, so why has this happened? Th those honest prayers are the moments where God has been able to come into my life and bring me peace, bring me comfort, allow me to examine myself and realize the things I need to change allow me to see the situation different. Let's not be a church that swears and prays, but let's be a church that has soft enough hearts that we can be honest. Let's be people that can be honest with one another when it comes to prayer. If you haven't got to confess it to everybody, but like we started this scripture, confess your sins to one another. Find someone that you can go and say, look... Pray for me. Let, me. let me be honest with you about what's going on in my world. And let me trust you with this. And can you pray for me? I think if we were honest in our prayer life and honest with one another, the church would move forward so much quicker. David, Psalm 139, verse 23 says, Search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxieties, anxiety, anxious thoughts. See if there's any offense, offensive way in me and lead me in the way of everlasting. You know, maybe we need to pray prayers of God where we're honest with him about examining who we are. And when he highlights things where however hard or however uh, hurtful we, or we, we, we need to take them and deal with them. When prayer is real, life can get messy. Proverbs 13.4 says, Where there are no oxen, the manger is empty, but from the strength of the ox comes abundant life. Basically, what he's saying is, like, um, we could have a really, really clean church. Like, it could be all together. We could all, you know, all wear suits and flowing dresses and all that kind of stuff. And no one swear when they pray and all that kind of stuff. And it can be all together. But when God's at work in the power of prayer, things can get messy. Uh, you know, things can start to come out in people's lives that we never ever expected. You know, things can start getting coming up in our church community that we're like, oh wow, didn't see that. Because when we pray and when we connect to God, He starts to reveal our hearts in a not because He wants to condemn us, but because He wants to restore us back to who we should be. So if we're going to have a community of prayer. We've got a, and, and a, a community that's strong in prayer. It's going to be a community of lots of oxes, and lots of oxes means lots of poo. So I didn't even swear there. And it's messy. You know, sometimes, uh, you know, Malcolm, who came the other week when we went to Berlin with mum and dad and that, and 
this this really traditional uh, Baptist or Methodist church, and then at the end of the service we had a we had a moment of prayer. It got messy. It's the first time I've ever seen someone with a demon run out a wall. I was like, oh, that's interesting. <laughs> Uh, but what was a traditional, uh, you know, uh, church ended up being a very messy church for a moment whilst God dealt with things to put it back into a relationship with God. I don't know what it's like now, but I hope it's a flourishing church. Uh, people are getting saved. And sometimes we don't want the mess, but sometimes we have to go through the mess to get the strength for what God wants us as a community. George, do you want to come up and play? You know, prayer is about us dealing with the issues of our heart. And prayer is about faith. You know, prayers without faith are just religious words. Um, prayer without relationship is empty. I really felt this morning, as we start February fast, that um, as a pastor, right, I know a lot of stuff, right, in, in a lot of people's lives, which is, which is cool. Um, but my, my biggest passion is that people don't carry that stuff anymore, um, that people don't go through life with, with uh, you know, not being able to accept how much God forgives them. Uh, because we, we talk a lot about Jesus and his death on his cross and his forgiveness of sins, but I'm not sure if everybody in this room really understands what that means. And sometimes I can tell you and I can tell you, but the only way you're going to really understand it is if I pray for you. If I lay hands on you and pray that in that moment, as I lay hands on you, the grace of God will fall on you and the power of the Holy Spirit will fall on you. And you will understand what it is to be truly forgiven. You know, there's people in this room that need healing. And I believe that they can be healed this morning. But if they're not healed this morning, I'm going to pray for them tomorrow morning and the next 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 morning. Because my Bible tells me God heals people. So until I see that healing, I'm not going to give up praying. You know, there's, there's people in here that are going through financial struggles. Well, I can tell you my testimony is that God's timing when it comes to my finances and when I pray and I honor him is perfect. And I can pray that you have some of that faith. There may be people in this room that have got business ideas that they're not sure. I believe that when we lay hands on you and pray for you, God can bring clarity to a business idea. I believe when I pray and put hands on you, God can bring clarity to a family situation. I believe that when we pray for you, people can make opportunities for people to get saved if you're here and your partner's not here with you well we can pray as a community that whatever needs to be removed so that person can see a true revelation of who God is we can pray for that you know if we're to be the church that God wants us to be we can have worship we can have flashing lights we can have a great hosting team we can have all of those things and that's cool but if we don't have prayer at the center of who we are we might as well just go to the Hippodrome on a Saturday morning and have good music. Because it's prayer that sets us apart from anybody else. What makes me different is that when I run out, I start praying. 
what makes me different actually is not I don't even wait till I start running out I start praying before I start moving what makes me different is I have a faith that God could drop a check into our bank to pay for this building I've got a faith that people can come in here in wheelchairs and walk out without them I have that faith that's what makes us different